You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 36 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton. And we are recording on Sunday evening, November 28th, 2021. Coming up, we've got a very special episode. Therese is joining the show back from her trip from Los Angeles Back from all our adventures up and down the Pacific West Coast. And I think she went out to see a little-known seven-member boy group band at some point throughout this week. Uh, Yes, we do get into a discussion on BTS, Permission to Dance, day one of the concert series. Uh, Yeah, we get into some really emotional, sentimental things. We go deep into kind of the uh, the structure and uh, the setting of it all. And we also talk about some of the logistical issues that happen during the concert. But yes, we are happy to have you. Um, Thank you for joining us. And yeah, we're just going to get into it. Coming up, my chat with Therese on the social sessions. Joining Soju Sessions and returning from her West Coast trip, returning from sunny Los Angeles, being an influencer, exploring the coast, and I think she went to see a little seven-member Korean boy group earlier this week. Uh, yesterday, I think. Yesterday, if I uh, to be exact, uh, we've got Therese joining the show. Welcome, Therese. Hi, thanks for having me. Therese, it's really nice to have you. Thank you for joining on this Sunday evening. You know, we're going to do it, uh, you know, we're do it like really podcast reaction style. We're just going to get all of the emotions and the rawness uh, as soon as you get off the plane. Because I think you literally had just gotten off the plane before uh, we hit record just now. Yes, so I just got off the plane. <laughs> Which is amazing. And I do appreciate that you're here on the show. So uh, let's go. Let me get you just general overviews. How are you feeling? A little bit of a decompression. I bet you're settled a little bit at home. Like, take me through some <laughs> of your thoughts right now. I definitely, I'm not quite settled. I just finished Taco Bell, but that's about all I've done at home so far. I'm still riding the serotonin high. <laughs> it still feels real, so I'm holding on to that feeling. <laughs> God, drugs are great. The naturally produced <laughs> drugs from your body are great. Yep, that serotonin drug. Yeah, um, and the thing that did get you uh, high and excited and thinking about the uh, the bigger questions of the universe was the BTS Permission to Dance concert in Los Angeles yesterday. It is a four day event. It is currently happening right now as we record this. Um, yes, there are four shows. Uh, so a little bit of housekeeping. It took place at SoFi Stadium um, for four. For a four-day event, uh, Saturday, November 27th, and Sunday, November 28th, and then this coming Wednesday, December 1st, Thursday, December 2nd, all of them beginning at 7.30 p.m. PST. Um, There is an offline concert version um, for November 28th and 29th, and then it will be streamed on December 2nd. Um, Estimated about 200,000 attendees for the four-day event, so anywhere between 50 and 70,000 attendees each 
day. All right. That was a lot of housekeeping, Therese. Now let's get into the <laughs> actual emotions and the feelings of everything that you went through. Take me through it. When, God. When you uh, got in, how'd you feel? Yeah. Well, um, I guess, like, if you want me to start with the show rather than, like, actually getting into the show, <laughs> because the show, wow. I was not prepared. I tried my hardest. I was in line for the stadium and I was trying to visualize what my thoughts would be if like Kim Young walked in front of me right now, because essentially we're at the same place, right? It could happen. But for some reason, when I visualized it in my head, I'd be like, no, that there's no way that's real. And when I was thinking more and more about it because we had a lot of time to think in that line. And I realized if I saw Kim Young, it wouldn't feel real. But if I saw all seven members of BTS, it would. And when I had that realization, I was like, oh, it's them. It's always been them. Like they are a unit. I'm used to seeing them together and I want to keep seeing them together. So... Got that down in my head, and I was like, okay, I'm mentally ready for this concert, right? Wrong. I was not ready. (laughs) They opened the show for, because this was day one of their Permission to Dance tour. Um, Day one, they opened the show with On, which was their title track from the pre-pandemic album Map of the Soul 7. And it's a very hard-hitting song, insane choreography. I do not remember a single bit of it because I just was not ready. They, I was in the 500 section, which is the nosebleeds. It was very far away, very high up, and everyone looked like ants. But uh, I had a very good view of the stage, which was nice. When they o- uh, opened the show, they started behind these like jail bars And it was really hard to see them physically. I couldn't actually tell that um, they were there. (laughs) And there was the uh, video going, uh, showing each of them, but that didn't look real to me. I was like, oh, this is a nice recording. But no, this was happening real time. Um, So yeah, when it started happening, I I, kind of scrambled. I was like, I don't know if I should take out my phone or my binoculars or my light stick i had i was juggling all three the entire night and it just it came and it went and i kind of i really regret it but i'm sure i'm going to watch videos later and um yeah they performed other songs after that i feel like i should bring up the set list because i don't quite remember all of them um but yeah that was the opening at least (laughs) Well, let, let's circle back a little bit. So you, you brought equipment with you. So you had your mm-hmm. things. Uh, tell us what you brought into the arena, the stadium. Uh, yeah, I made a few vlogging TikToks about it because I knew as soon as I was going to um, get to the stadium, I was going to lose my mind. And that was a very accurate assumption. Uh, so I did bring my uh, light stick a jacket because it was going to be pretty cold that night and a battery pack, uh, earplugs because I thought it would be super loud. Um, my vaccination card, of course, my ID, my wallet. 
I think that was pretty much everything. The one thing I forgot to bring that I super regret was tissue or Kleenex (laughs) or napkins of any sort. (laughs) Um, Did not bring any of those. Uh, I don't know. What what are you supposed to bring to a concert? Because I actually had no clue. (laughs) I think you covered it all because I think it's more of a big arena concert and you generally just want the basics, identification, things to get you into the concert, especially with with COVID, so the vaccination card. Um, Yeah, I think you had it all covered. I was really just asking to see if you tried to bring in alcohol, if anything. (laughs) No, I was not going to risk that. I didn't want to miss a second of the show, and I was worried that it would make me need to use the bathroom. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you consume Um, any alcohol prior, during, at any point during the show? Not, no, not the day of. I was just too busy. Uh, I got into the merch line, as you can see in the video. Merch, yay! Um, so it was just a hectic day of running around without any real time to party. (laughs) No, you were super locked in. And I think with something like this, where it's day one, you don't know what's happening. No one has experienced it yet. So you have nothing to go off of as far as the internet's concerned between Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Uh, you are, uh, one of the pathfinders, if you will. Mm -hmm. It definitely felt that way. Um, so with, with kind of the way that the show played out um you were in the Mm -hmm. 500 section but you know it's part of the experience just being with the crowd um how do you feel like they incorporated the screens as far as the stages performance and being immersed in the performance it was really cool i i was told that the sofi stadium had like a 360 screen experience i honestly don't know what they were talking about because i was so high up i might not have been able to see that there was one really big screen and it was very good quality so you could see everything um i think they might have edited the videos on that screen too much uh where they would add like little stickers or stuff while the members are singing because it didn't it looked more like a music video than uh what was happening on stage live but other than that i think it was very well done um camera work is usually pretty good at their concerts and uh yeah, I do you want me to keep going through the show because I finally found the set list. Thank God for Army on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I take it take take it however you want to go. So we just had on um and you were just talking about the, the depth and scope of seeing them at different areas and the way that the stage mm-hmm. um, played out. What was the next song? And what were there were there any surprises with how the songs were performed? There were surprises. I didn't, I know that a lot of people were posting about sound check and stuff, and I saw a couple spoilers, but I mostly went in with a fresh mind of like, I don't know what they're going to perform. Um, and they did a lot of songs. So, like, after On, they did Fire, a remix, they did Dope, and then they had their opening mints, which was a little bit rehearsed. I think, you know, everyone's a little bit. Uh, trying to break the ice at the beginning and they were speaking in English so they had what they wanted to say already Um, but it was very nice it wasn't until DNA started after that that it really hit me and then I felt more there (laughs) Um, they uh, DNA is one of those songs that I think most armies don't really like like they like it but it's not their favorite it's not anyone's favorite it's my favorite so i was very happy and i felt included (laughs) um it's one of my favorites and then they did uh vcr 
Um, and the whole concept behind the concert was basically like, I think it was meant to be someone's trying to shut down parties all over the world and BTS are in an undercover mission to open up their minds and make them want to dance. So they would not need permission to dance. <laughs> I think that was the whole thing. Um, it was very cute. Uh, then they went into the slower songs, which was like Blue and Gray, Black Swan, um, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears <laughs> with Fake Love. It was pretty incredible. They did a really amazing um, stage performance of Black Swan because they had the dancers in the back with feathered arms, kind of like, I think, in samba dancing. Um, very fluffy arms and um, <laughs> they would dance around behind BTS as if they were BTS's wings and then whenever each member came up it was like a new set of wings and the wings were moving in different ways um, it was gorgeous and then uh, they moved on to the quarantine song sort of with Life Goes On <laughs> Um, and it was cute because they came out with in like a couch and a bed and they were playing around with that. Uh, then they left them on stage, which I thought was a very nice detail to anyone who follows shows. Um, I think that was more of an homage to saying like, this is our home. This stage is our home. We are home with ARMY. We have our bed and our couch here. And they were performing uh, Life Goes On and then Boy With Love and Dynamite, and Butter with a live band, which was really great. It was really incredible. I think there should be more live band idol performances. <laughs> yeah, the you went through a lot of songs. Um, I got a sense of kind of a story they were weaving with kind of the energy mm -hmm. starting at the very beginning, of course. You want to pick everyone up, let them know that we're back here. Um, but then with the more somber, slower songs, um, life goes on kind of in the middle of the show is an interesting choice mm -hmm. um, kind of a spot to really kind of punch you in the stomach it's like hey like this is <laughs> the hardship we went through this past year and we're hopefully getting out of it um question for you with how the stage is looked um in k-pop obviously there's a lot of emphasis on colors and t storytelling mm -hmm. with the visual component um did they do anything special with the color choices for each of the songs uh, definitely. So fire was all red, of course. Um, and then like blue and gray was actually more black and white. Uh, the live camera that was projecting onto the screen, um, they filmed everything in black and white and they had these beautiful holographic screens in front of the members and the members had their backs to the audience and they were looking at these screens which were like reflections of themselves or reflections of the other members and they were singing with those reflections so that was one of those where you weren't really looking at the stage you were looking at the screen and i i thought it was pretty beautiful but it was strange to have like a performance where the performer is has their back turned to you um and towards the end they did turn to army I think it makes sense, though, as a song, it's meant to be more introspective to them and how they were really depressed, you know, not being able to perform and everything. So when they finally found when they're finally with us, it's like, oh, right, <laughs> we can do more now. We can do life goes on and, you know, get into back to being happy. <laughs> yeah, it's a symbolic gesture of turning back to the people that 
brought you here um just because Mm -hmm. being physically separated from people because of the pandemic um really had people (laughs) separated right um and then Mm -hmm. you said they went into boy with love boy with love boy yeah boy with love the one with halsey nice um Uh, pink they did brightness (laughs) yeah so boy with love dynamite butter was kind of like they were each performed separately of course but they had the very same feel like they were still using the live band um and it was rainbow it was just full color everywhere even the army bombs because i got a great view of all of the light sticks from up above they were just flashing rainbow everywhere and permission to dance has a very sort of like uh what's the word like pop art style to it so um like the stage was covered in permission to dance stickers of just like little flowers or like hearts. Um, and it matched all of that really well. There was also a screen on the stage on the floor, um, up like in the floor seating, you know, and they were putting a lot of really nice graphics on there, especially with butter. They had like the cartoonish butter dripping all over the place and, they had confetti cannons, of course. So it was a true disco time, <laughs> I think. Like a very immersive visual experience because it does feel like they utilized the floor and literally what they were stepping on as another component to kind of pick up the crowd because you're going to have that angle um, from where mm-hmm. you're sitting. Um, and I think that's a really cool touch. I think that is something that, again, live music just, it just, you just can't get this on a screen, on a computer screen. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing that, you know, we're back. And I, I think I'm just forever grateful that we're slowly moving back into a time where we can see these things and these things can happen and people can feel a kind of way in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking to that, how did it feel being in a collective arena of 50, over 50,000 people singing along to the same songs, feeling the same emotions, like you said, crying because you didn't have tissue. Um, Kind of explain the emotions of going through that collectively with so many people. It was, um, at first, it was very strange. And I'll say, like, I got the feeling of that even before the concert because, you know, usually K-pop, you know, people know it, but it's rare to meet a fan at this point. Um, at least in our age group. And uh, when we got on the plane leaving Orlando, there were at least seven other army there. And I didn't know that many Orlando army. Like, I know a couple. I met a couple in different K-pop events. But we were all there for the same reason, and that was pretty incredible. (laughs) So as soon as we got on the plane, until we got off, there were tons of army in the airport, And then the next day I went to Disneyland and I wore a BTS shirt because why not? At every single ride we went on, someone talked about my shirt and they were asking me, like, who's your favorite member? It was like something I've never experienced before, being surrounded by all of these BTS fans. Um, I I, I mean, I live in a pretty metro area, so you will occasionally come across a K-pop fan, but you hardly ever come across true ARMY, you know? so it was like a family when we landed up until we actually got to the concert. We were all helping each other out like, oh, where do you go to catch an Uber or where do you uh, line up for this uh, section? And 
when we were finally all in the concert with BTS, it was like, it, it was like a whole pie. <laughs> it was one whole piece. <laughs> I mean, very fitting for Thanksgiving weekend. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I think it speaks volumes to the unifying touch point that K-pop, BTS specifically here, can have on people, right? It's a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shared emotional event. Um, and it's important for people to reconnect with others that way. Because I do feel like, yes, uh, we have our circle of friends, whether that's family, friends we've grown up with, college um, work mm-hmm. but then there are interests and things that bring people together and I think it's a beautiful thing to see that happen in the real world in real life again um, yeah are there any god there's just there's, oh, oh, so, oh. <laughs> I'll keep going because yeah, they go, were more songs go, go with the so we had the live band um, um, yeah we'll, the we'll live band the colorful mid um, after that it was kind of uh, what I think would be the section that they switch out the songs each day um, and they were kind of surprising what they chose to perform we had Airplane Part 2 which was from the Love Myself era of um, it has a more I guess what's the word it's got an interesting sound to it. And then um, Bapse, which is a fan favorite because there's lots of hip thrusting. And um, then some of some more songs off of their quarantine album, Disease, Telepathy, Stay. Stay was my quarantine song that like got me through that depression that I'm sure everyone kind of felt. Um, so once that song came on, I was bawling. And I did not stop bawling until the end of the concert. <laughs> um, we had So What? We had more, like, there's. they've been talking in between some of these sets. And it's all felt a little bit rehearsed because they're speaking in English the whole time. But this was one of those moments that they got a little more candid. And you could tell that they were actually working on their conversational skills. Um and then they went to they they were saying like we really missed you guys of course and we want you to know like everything that has happened has happened because of you the same stuff they always say at award shows it was really sweet and then they went straight into i need you which if you don't know that was bts's first win song so it was saying like look at where we started and then it led up to save me idol and some of their newer stuff and saying like look at where we ended up and then once it was the encore um they actually started playing instead of the usual vcr stuff they played the video of bts at the un speaking about um uh it it was uh environmental stuff and then they went into We Are Bulletproof the Eternal, which is the crying song of the century <laughs> because it's all about like we are BTS, BTS is us. And then into Love Yourself Answer, which was I think their encore song of the Love Yourself era. And then Permission to Dance. Um, and the, this section of the last section of songs encore is when you really saw the members getting emotional they were really crying their eyes out by that point. And um, I, like, I, I was getting emotional just rewatching the videos on the plane and I started crying and I was like, oh no, I don't want to be that person that's crying on an airplane. 
So yeah, that that was pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> no, it's thank you for going through this at list and kind of giving a retelling of your experiences, how it all went down. Um, I did want to ask you a little bit more about the stage presence and their interactions on stage. Absolutely. So you did yeah. say that some of it was rehearsed, um, definitely reading from a script. Um, how do you feel like a lot of the more genuine, sincere moments played out um, either between the members or members to the crowd? And what were some of the more memorable things that they said that you kind of felt like, oh, this is more off the cuff. This is more improv. <laughs> well, there's one that I know is already going around Twitter. Um, towards the end, when they were going to each member and seeing like how they were reacting to the whole concert, um, that's probably the where they got the most candid at the end. And uh, V, Young, <laughs> he said, hey, uh, I'm sorry, ARMY. I'm sorry, BTS, but holy shit <laughs> and then he was like damn <laughs> and everyone was looking at him like oh my god <laughs> um and you know that that just kind of sums up how they were feeling at the time they really couldn't quite put it into words but they managed to and in english the only member that strayed was um suga did his final ending ments in um korean and then the translator translated uh, but yeah, all of them said, each of them said pretty different things about how they are feeling now compared to quarantine. Like, of course, Jimin was saying, I was extremely frustrated. I hated everything. And now I'm just back to normal. RM said something like, uh, he was waiting for this day for his whole life and when he finally got back to LA it felt like nothing it felt like a normal day of the year um then what really killed me was when Jin said that when he was on his couch at home he was super happy because he was he didn't have to work he was just chill and then he came to this concert and he realized that he wasn't that happy <laughs> so those are just some off the top of my head that I remember, but <laughs> no, it's it's just the kind of the uniqueness of each of the seven members, right? And I feel like that's something just so important in K-pop, where as a member of the group or just as a fan, you do want that personal connection, you want the individualized connection with each of the members, and just seeing it again in real life, it's just. I have chills and I didn't even go. I'm not even a big army. Like, I apologize. Oh. I'm doing this interview and I'm just like, what is happening to me? Why am I getting emotional? Um, well, so let's let's talk about the performances a bit. So, you know, mm -hmm. all of the songs obviously are, um, are, are honed in super, I don't even have words anymore, but like they've been rehearsed <laughs> and they've been practiced over and over a million yeah, times. Yeah. Do you feel like at any point that the moment kind of overwhelmed them, whether that was vocally, whether that was in the choreography or just any point of them being on stage? Uh, if they were overwhelmed, it wasn't obvious, um, probably because I was sitting pretty far away. So I can't, I couldn't quite pick up on their usual bodily cues that I do because you know them so well. When I was using my binoculars every now and then, um, I could see towards the third set of songs that they were getting tired because, of course, they performed like 30 songs and they usually, on like their album tours, they'll do individual songs. So like the members will have time to rest. But no, these were all of them doing all of the songs, all of the dancing. Like the only time they had 
to rest were during the VCRs and when they were singing on a couch. So, <laughs> like, you could tell. Um, you could tell it was hard on them, but they wanted to give their 100%. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> I think that also sends another message for what they wanted this show to be, right? This is a coming mm-hmm. together back whole as a group, as ARMY. So hearing that they didn't do their individual solos um, and stages, I think on the one hand, it's, you know, you kind of want everything. On the other hand, I think there is an underlying message to that too, that again, it's just very meaningful. And I think something that we only get with live music, with real people, again, back in our lives. Jeez, I'm getting so sentimental. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, all yeah, right. no, I think yeah, it was definitely the most uh, sentimental thing they said was at the beginning when... Namjoon introduced them again. They said, hey guys, BTS are officially back. And then they said, hello, we are BTS. <laughs> and it just like hearing that in person was so satisfying. <laughs> Man, it's, God, it's great having real music back again. Okay, all right. So any closing <laughs> thoughts on the performance, the stage, and the concert itself? Uh, um, I think... This was one of the better storyline concerts, I guess. It was definitely geared towards ARMY. So if you're just a casual BTS fan, you might not have picked up on the individual things they were giving you. But um, it was a cute concept of just like going undercover to de- to get permission to dance, essentially. <laughs> um, and then it definitely made you want to get up and dance with them. So very good concert concept. That is adorable, by the way. <laughs> All right. Um, so we do have to touch on something that happened, uh, not with the concert itself, but with logistics of the concert. So by Stadium, this is day one of Permission to Dance with BTS. And with any concert, with any, with any live event, especially as the world opens up again, we're going to have some issues. So, Therese, mm-hmm. could you describe the situation getting into SoFi Stadium? <laughs> Um, yeah, there were uh, quite a few issues they had uh, all around. I wanted to get merch, so I got into the merch line the day before the concert. No, no, it was the day of the concert, but they opened the merch line the day before the concert, and I heard horror stories of people waiting eight hours to get merchandise. Um, so after that day, I don't know if they ended up figuring that out, but I didn't and I wanted to get there super early, so I didn't have to wait eight hours. Um, but I think after that, people were averaging five to six hours to get merchandise, which I guess is normal. What's crazy is I was in line with someone who went to the Harry Styles concert. He was probably the first big performer that the SoFi Stadium had. And she was saying like, oh, you know, it, it was big, but it wasn't that bad. Like they could get merch easily. Um so I don't know where the difference is or, you know, maybe just because K-pop fans like to buy merch more than One Direction fans. Um, but it definitely felt like there was m- more waiting time than there needed to be. Um, obviously, it's a huge stadium. It seats 50,000 people and this was a sold out show. I don't think I saw a single empty seat. So I imagine you know, there is a lot of crowding that comes with that. But when we got to the stadium at 5.30, two hours before the show even started, 
there was a line to get in. You have different entry points for different seating sections, and our entry point was one of the longer lines. Um, and then the you saw security once at the beginning, around 6 p.m., and they tried to wrap the line around a bit. You never saw them again. You saw people at the gate working. You saw a, like security that were basically patrolling, but you didn't see anyone there that was willing to help out. And people kept coming up to us in line and saying, what line is this for? Like, I'm in entry five. Is this entry five? It was chaos. And it wasn't even like a normal snaking line that you would think of in a queue. It was going all directions and there were multiple lines for the same point. So they were all converging into one. It was so disorganized towards the end, like of the line when you were getting to the gate, security had to start ushering people through in a very rather unsafe manner, getting them into the stadium. Um, I don't want to do too much whistleblowing, but like there were some people that went through the metal detectors and with all of their stuff and of course it would go off and they just had to let them through because they had to get people in the stadium it was taking so long um i really don't know what went wrong i have my own theory but it could be completely wrong i'm thinking since hybe is i think they're pretty good crowd controllers i've seen them work other concerts or big hit at least um and i don't know if those uh, people were able to come over to the U.S. to work this. I think they had to use the SoFi Stadium workers, and those were really strapped, probably because it was Thanksgiving weekend. Um, yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> I uh, hope they figure it out for today. <laughs> yeah, um, I read a few of the horror stories, um, essentially how you described it, um, the security situation, a big question mark. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. if, if you've been following Twitter or TikTok or any of the social media, there are a number of videos of people, um, let's just say, not really getting patted, patted down, just being let yep. in. Um, the, the vaccine card situation was a thing. Uh, or it wasn't a thing, clearly. It wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but... You know, with all the anxiety and all the stress of being around everyone um, in a very chaotic situation, was there any moment of clarity, at least with the people in your immediate vicinity, to at least help each other to get through for you? That's for sure. Everyone was helping each other. There were a couple, like, um, leadership people in the line that were trying to figure out where the line was going, what line was for what. There was a merch line in the middle of the snaking to get into the stadium line. <laughs> it was chaotic, but there were people that were willing to be in that line and say like, hey, I'm entry five, come over here and I'll tell you like what line that is or what line that is. Um, so it was really helpful in that respect. Um, and then I don't know if uh, this was mentioned, but after the concert was also horrible. <laughs> um mostly because California isn't known for its public transportation. Uh, but if we ended up Ubering to the concert and my friend and I kind of got stranded, the concert ended at 10.30 p.m. We did not find a lift until 1 a.m. And uh, that was after forking over the $90 for the premier whatever priority pass. Uh, there were still people on the streets and it was cold. 
waiting to get one. There was no internet connection because everyone was on the same network. Um, it was terrifying. It was truly terrifying. Well, I'm glad you made it back. Clearly, yeah, um, back safe and sound. Um, yeah, no, that that's. I, I don't really have any other words to describe that as other than. The only other time I've seen that is at EDC in Las Vegas. But again, California, like you said, does not have a great public transit situation. And um, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me that traffic, one, is terrible. And two, lack of organization, top down, beginning to end was a, was an issue yesterday. So yeah, hopefully they figured things out because ultimately it's the safety of the people attending the concert, right? That is the yes. underlying situation. And if, you know, we can, we can enjoy it as much as we want, but at the end, if someone gets hurt and ruins it for everyone, well, has it ruined for them, for everyone, then that's a bigger issue um, for getting BTS or getting anyone back to do these performances, yeah. right? Um, so let's kind of end on a high note. So we've, you know, gone yeah. over the show <laughs> specifically, but, you know, now that you had time to decompress, now that you had time to think about your reality and your world, what are you hopeful for now? How has this changed your perspective on people, on the world, <laughs> on stepping back into the real world, just on life? Therese, enlighten us. <laughs> um, I am hopeful for more concerts, and I'm really excited to experience those new things. Uh, I'm a little sad because it does seem like people have sort of reverted back to a more introverted mindset where like the concert um audience were relatively quiet like i brought earplugs because i thought it was going to be insane and loud and i wouldn't be able to hear anything but um it wasn't that bad and it was a little hard to get the wave going which is not usually a problem <laughs> so i'm wondering if everyone was just sort of in that they were out for the first time in years and they didn't really know what to do everyone's still kind of like awkward again <laughs> um everyone's bambi I, relearning how to walk yeah <laughs> i'm hoping that they warm up a little and that people you know want to go out more rather than experiencing the online concerts which are very nice watching from the comfort from your own home but yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised in that respect. I will say, sitting in the nosebleeds, I did not think that I was going to fly coast to coast just to sit in a $60 nosebleed seat. But I will say it was an experience that I want to do again because you get to see everything from there. You literally see everything, the light sticks, the stage, the performers. You can't see their faces, but you can see them performing. Um the, the fans, like, I would go to any concert once, like, closer to the performers and then another time up in the stands to be able to see it because then you can really feel everything that's going on. You know, I second that because yeah. going to any live event, you do want... The idea of being up close to the stage is always appealing, right? Because you want to be as close as possible. You want to feel mm -hmm. the energy of the stage and the people around you, especially in the standing only seats. But then once you've been to a few and you realize, oh, perspective and seeing everything is kind of another experience in and of itself. 
um yeah i think there's a little bit of something for everyone honestly um not to say that if you want to be up close that's like a, a bad way to do it because yeah. i would love to be up close to uh touch twice his hand uh hi Cheyang, <laughs> i love you um that's another show for another time uh come february um and but seeing the entire thing from afar i think is another immersion that i think you it's just different i would say it's just different and if you have a chance to experience both at any point in your life highly recommend because uh as i've gotten older as i've gotten to my 60s and 70s uh <laughs> sitting further back may not be the worst thing ever um if, it, if as a matter of fact i think it's probably what i prefer so yeah yeah i always thought that concerts were kind of a intimate experience um but that was really only because i was going alone and sitting pretty close to the stage so now i have a new perspective <laughs> yeah um, so let, let's briefly go over kind of a life check-in with you. So you did spend some time in Los Angeles starting from Thursday, yeah. Thanksgiving. What was that like flying in on Thanksgiving Day? And then what did you do throughout <laughs> your time in Los Angeles? So coincidentally, I dropped my roommate off at the airport the day before Thanksgiving. And he told me that it was insane. I needed to get there three hours early. He barely made it. So that's what I did. Uh, it actually wasn't that bad. The line through TSA was like 30 minutes. And <laughs> once we were at the gate, we had like two hours to spare. But um, we flew in super early. Uh, it was a 7 a.m. flight from the East Coast. And we arrived in L.A. at 9 a.m. So we literally had breakfast and then second breakfast. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing the city. I've been once before, but I have new, older eyes to look at it from. Uh, love Disneyland. Didn't quite love SoFi, but it was pretty. <laughs> um, everything was worth it. I just, I've had the busiest month of my life. Because <laughs> I also had a company... Um, convention we had an industry convention the week before i moved apartments for the fourth time this year the week before that and then uh halloween was the week before that <laughs> you were just living your best life let's be real let's i be real. don't know what i'm gonna do after this i'm just gonna sleep for years <laughs> i think you're, you're very in line from a vacation from your vacation is what it sounds like and uh, sometimes yeah you just need that, right? because uh, vacation's end up becoming an exercise in i don't know in in yourself <laughs> trying to like, <laughs> contain all of the energy and excitement while also trying to be on vacation um which you know i, I think i think that's just that's more of a sign that we're going back to some semblance of normalcy that we can do stuff like this and um mm. to me uh, i freaking love it <laughs> I, like, I like being around people. I like hearing people's travel stories. I like hearing people going out and seeing things, um, like you said, with uh, an older set of eyes. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was, um, did you have any favorite spots that you went to in Los Angeles? Any things that you ate? Um, oh, did you yeah. Did Koreatown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we flew in, we weren't expecting, we didn't think about having the whole day in LA when we flew in. Um, first we drove along the PCH just for the views. Uh, my friend that I traveled with, she used to live in LA. So she was kind of showing me all the stuff that people do when they come in. Um, and then we went to K-Town because we wanted to 
see, you know, more army and um, really get into it. We did go to this restaurant called Ajishi Gopshang. Oh, I didn't say it right, but I hope people know what that is. <laughs> um, it's a Korean barbecue place that BTS frequents when they come to LA. So, of course, it was packed. Uh, there was a three hour wait. Um, and we just put our names down and started exploring some more. Went to Hollywood Hills, saw the overlook, took lots of pictures of the pretty lights at night. Had some dakboki at a place that we just passed on the street. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did pretty much. We had a list of things we wanted to do when we came to L.A. One of them was Disneyland with all of the rides that we wanted to ride there. And then the other were some restaurants and the concert merchandise. We ended up doing everything on that list, even with all of the traffic and everything going on. And I don't know if that was good planning or just being flexible, but it was the most successful trip that lived up to all the expectations you had. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say, just because one, I think it's a, it's a half miracle that LA traffic allotted for everything that you experienced because uh, LA traffic's a thing. But I think you did it. Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I think <laughs> there it, was no traffic Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, your timing is impeccable, and that's the way that everything worked out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that you kind of experienced like everything in Los Angeles, just because um, going from the hills to PCH, Santa Monica area, and then back to Koreatown. That is not a short distance. Everyone thinks Los Angeles is one compact space that <laughs> beaches in one corner, and then you have the sign in the other corner, and then you can go to the sea. No, everything is separated by maybe 20, 30 miles. But then in LA <laughs> traffic, you multiply that by like four hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little exaggeration, but not really. Um, but yeah, no, amazing that you experienced and explored everything. Um, Therese, any, any closing thoughts? Any final things you want to say to everyone who's listening to your TikTok followers? Because now it sounds like you have a million of them. Oh. Which means now you have to fulfill your responsibilities for reaching all of those milestones. All the cover dances, all the cover <laughs> songs that you're going to be singing, uh, all the different type of vlogs you promised us. We were promised oh many things, God. and now you have to follow through. I think you were the one doing the promising and I was just over here acting like I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> and yes, a million followers it is. So No. I think we only gained about 3 to 400 new followers this week all because they were trying to figure out what to do at the BTS concert. Um I have a few other videos of myself trying to do the viral TikTok stuff of like voicing over funny memes bts related stuff those aren't getting any views it's the ones that are like how to get into merch line how to get into the stadium because you know that's what uh, the reason i started doing some of the vlogging is mostly um so people at home that couldn't go would see what it was like but also to help out everyone else because i know a lot of these people um don't know what it's like and twitter can only give you so much information so i'm just glad that i was able to help some people out and create a comment section that people are willing to answer each other's questions for <laughs> nice essential hub 
for a support system at BTS. So, uh, and then next week they'll be scrolling through their following and be like, "Whoa, who are these three guys, and why are they trashing on some wakey makey song?" No, I don't know. <laughs> who are the two guys and this beautiful flower? First, and this all. beautiful flower. Yeah, three uh, three guys, as in the non gender inclusive. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. non binary guys. guys. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, Therese, it's been a pleasure and wonderful to have you on this amazing Sunday evening to talk about your experiences with BTS. Permission to dance. Yeah. Los Angeles, everything. Um, anything you want to plug? Let us know. What What's the TikTok called? The TikTok is called Soju Talk Fan. Um, and anything else to plug? Not really. Listen to the Soju Talk main podcast and listen to the Soju Talk Nation podcast. Lots of great stuff. And the dumpster cast. Oh, shout out to Mina. He was there too. I oh, yeah. I actually met Mina. <laughs> Very nice. It was cool meeting some of the nation. I bought him uh, something from the merch stand because he also didn't want to wait in line. So you can always help out your friends. Oh, you were going to say you bought him alcohol. Oh, it would have been great too. <laughs> I would have done it. But um, yes, shout out to Mina and the Dumpster Cast. I think he will also be doing a BTS uh, recap at some point. Um, yeah, give a pressure. I'd like him. to hear his. Yeah, because his friends got through sound checks. So he probably has a few more stories whoa okay yeah (laughs) that's a thing all right well let's sign out of here thank you everyone for listening to the soju sessions on the soju talk nation podcast feed subscribe on youtube follow on spotify or your preferred podcast platform and continue the conversation on the soju talk k-pop podcast discord for therese this is crispy all the way from los angeles and the bts concert permission to dance it was amazing this has been the Soju Sessions.